right, folks, you are listening to Yishai and Friends on Israel National Radio. Great to be with you. We're rocking today. Um, little international news for you. In Lebanon, boy, there's a lot of action. Boy, there's a lot of action. Hezbollah, they are just, uh, they set up some kind of te- network, some kind of telephone network uh, in, in, uh, in Lebanon, and there was a big fight about that. And now there's just fierce clashes there between Hezbollah gunmen and supporters of the pro-government Druze leader Walid Jumblat in the mountains of East Beirut. And 36 people have been killed so f- uh, it, just in the past few days. Um, but uh, the precarious calm that has prevailed in Lebanon, uh, where rival leaders were preparing for talks with Arab League mediators, seeking an end to the country's worst internal fighting since the 75... There was a 15-year civil war there, from 1975 to, to 1990. And now it seems like that civil war is starting to uh, rise up again. And, and there's a lot of tension in that country. So the Iranian-backed Hezbollah... Listen to this beauty. Iranian-backed Hezbollah and allied fighters have swept through Beirut and mountains to the east, routing outgunned loyalists of the U.S.-backed government of Lebanon, that says Signora. But later on in this interesting article, it says the ruling coalition, which is backed by America, is also backed by Saudi Arabia. And it has been locked in an 18-month struggle with Hezbollah, which is backed by Syria. So you got U.S., Saudi Arabia fighting against Iran, Syria, all in Lebanon. A lot of action. A lot of action in in one uh, little place. Lots of tension uh, there. Uh, personally, I want to say something that is not being talked about enough. And you know what? I think I should be faulted also for not talking about it enough. Everybody's eyes these days are on uh, are on Iran. Everybody says Iran is the bad guy. Iran is the bad guy. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's another bad guy out there and it's called Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia is one of the worst. Saudi Arabia is one of the worst uh, countries out there, really being the major sponsor of terror in the world today. And what people don't talk about, what they're always focused on, is Iran. But they really don't talk about the bad, bad Saudi Arabia, which exports constantly. It's uh, it's terror and it's terror ideas that's the way what they really do is that they export they're constantly exporting terror ideas in their mosques in their speeches uh in in the in the the wahhabi philosophy that is out there all the time so that is uh, something that uh, is sad to me because what uh, the real problem that I think that nobody talks about is that America is in bed with Saudi Arabia and they're constantly in bed with them. They're supporting them. And now you see here's another example of a uh, – the Lebanese government is actually supported, backed by – this guy, senor, is backed by – uh, America and Saudi Arabia, uh, 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 not such good team in my mind. And on the other side, you got Syria in Iran backing Hezbollah. If you ask me, you're going to see Hezbollah completely whip the Saudi Arabian uh, American alliance in Lebanon. How is that going to play out? Well, the news around uh, Israel is closing with uh, with uh, Iranian-backed uh, Hezbollah, Iranian-backed um uh, Hamas and H- Iranian-backed uh, kind of uh, Iraqi insurgency. And so it's all around us. 
Uh, Iran is all over the place, but Saudi Arabia is not exactly a friend of the Jewish people either. And all this is with the backdrop of President Bush actually coming to town to celebrate Israel's 60th independence. And I guess he laments it because he's trying to cut Israel right in half at this time. He is trying to, uh, well, bring to a situation where Israel gives up uh, its highland, its, its ancient historical land, its religious right land to our sworn enemies. And that is the Bush-Rice uh, push. That's what's going on around here. And he's supposedly coming, and he's going to make nice speeches about uh, Israel at 60 and talk about our achievements. But what he's really here about, and it's sad for me to say, is to try to destroy our country. Well, there's a huge Pollard rally planned today to kind of call on President Bush to free Jonathan Pollard. This massive rally is being planned uh, for at 5.30 today, a human chain with flags and iron chains will assemble from the American consulate on a grown street to the prime minister's residence. The rally itself will begin at 6.30, and it's a simple call. Listen, President Bush, don't talk to us about justice. Don't talk about cutting you know, our land in half. Do your part of justice, which is you know, release uh, our, our, our Jewish brother who's been in prison way too long. Well, to talk about this and other important issues that are happening right now on the political, religious, ideological scene of building the land of Israel is none other than Moshe Feiglin on Monday. Good Mondays here in on Israel National Radio. Moshe Feiglin, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Yishai. Good afternoon to you. I understand that you're going to be at the rally today. Of course, like every good Jew should. I, uh, you know, it's the most ridiculous thing to come to Israel. Uh, to show the friendship between America and the United, States, United States and Israel, while at the same time you holding as a prisoner a, a good Jew who tried to save Israel and holding him and punishing him for doing what you should you should have done. This, this what, what what Jonathan Pollard gave Israel was information that America should have given to Israel by by by, by, his, by herself. By the way, just to <laughs> Just to combine uh, what you just what just just heard you saying about the relationship between America and Saudi Arabia, everybody's talking about the uh, uh, aid that America gives Israel on the civilian civilian uh, civilian aid, military aid. Do you know that from every six rifles, for example, or every six tanks that America sends? to the Middle East, only one gets to Israel, and five go, go to its enemies, do you know that only because of America, the biggest army, biggest Arabic army in the Middle East, the Egyptian army, who's the biggest threat to Israel today, direct threat to Israel today, is armed with uh, uh, Abrams tanks, uh, with S-16, S-16, Saudi Arabia is aimed with AWACS airplanes and S-16 as well. So, so we find ourselves today, today uh, uh, surrounded with with the uh, uh, with Arab co- countries armed head to toe by American by American weapons. The best deal for Israel should have would have been. If America would stop selling weapons to everybody, to the Arabs and to the Israelis. <laughs> Moshe, let me ask you a question that just flashed through my mind as we were discussing this. 
you're right. Our enemies are armed head to toe by our friends, the Americans. Let me ask you this. How imminent do you think is a, is a serious war? We are really surrounded, as I'm trying to tell my listeners all the time, by, by enemies who want to destroy us completely from Lebanon to Syria, uh, from Hamas, uh, from, from the, the Iranian side, from the Egyptian side. We're mamash literally surrounded. How imminent do you think is a, is a, is a total war in this region? We must uh, base ourselves on a very simple assumption, which assumption, which is the minute they will feel they have the ability to destroy us, to, to, to kill the last Jew in Eretz Israel, they will do it. The minute they will feel they can do it, they will. And no peace pro- peace uh, agreement will help you at that at that moment. So. <clears throat> So, uh, meanwhile, they found a, a better kind of war, and I think uh, that the Yom Kippur War was prob- probably the last, uh, <clears throat> you know, regular kind of war. But they found a, a way to destroy us through terror and through their missiles. And not only us, by the way, also the, the, whole, the whole Western world, uh, including America itself. Uh, <clears throat> but still, uh, the conventional kind of, kind of war, uh, the ability is, is, is still there, and it's growing. And when they will feel that they can, that they can attack and win, they will definitely do that. Well, one of, one of the things that we cannot depend on, it seems to us, is our government leaders to be, you know, solid, trustworthy, and dependable in, in, in any time right now, since our prime minister is being, in, looks like he's being investigated and may eventually get booted out of office for corruption. And, you know, you know, Moshe, there's a few things that are, are happen in this country that seem to me so un-Israeli, un-Jewish. One of them is environmentalism, the fact that we have people dumping into our seas and in, into our lakes and into our rivers and people dropping their, you know, dirt. I always say to myself, this, this happens, there's kind of a disregard for environmentalism, and it's very much not like us. It's somehow uh, the opposite of our internal, you know, Jewish way. Another thing is the corruption of our leaders. It seems so un-Jewish to me that our prime minister should be, uh, you know, accused of corruption. The, you know, the Jewish thing is to trust. That, you know, you can trust a Jew. You, he, you know, he will, he will be honest. He will be good. That's the laws of our Torah. That's the way we live our life. That's the way we've been an eternal nation for 2,000 years. So I want to ask you, how do we deal with these, you know, newspaper stories, with the radio stories, that our prime minister is being accused of unbelievable corruption? Look, Ishai, I think it will be a mistake to understand the, the almost corruption as an individual problem. We have here, uh, it, it, it's rise, almost corruption, Sharon's corruption, all these cases of corruption rises on... on, on uh, uh, on a certain atmosphere that 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 make make it happen, and not that I'm saying it's almost almost is, is is clean, he's not, but he's not the source of the problem. He just represents the problem. What is the problem? The problem, you know, there, there's a term in Hebrew, Mein Chaim. Mein is a, a, a river that flows, so the water is there, stay pure. 
But once the water stands, it becomes stink, and 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 uh, and, and, and it's not it's it's oh, it's, it's a death, uh, not not live anymore. It's not my not, not living water. Stagnant. Stagnant water. Right. That's the word I was, I was looking for. Thank you. So now now why am I saying that? Because when Israel lost its goal, when Israel lost its, its, its direction, the, the, the flow of life, of Israeli life, stops because we have no direction. Everything is standing. And when there is no direction, this is the base for, for corruption to grow. Uh, once we'll have again, Be'ezat Hashem, a leadership that will show the way and will give the people of Israel a, a true direction, I think the water, like the water, the, the life will start low again, and, and that will be also the, the solution for the corruption. I think that that's a, it's an excellent parable. And it's one that also the Kabbalistic kind of sources cite that that we have a connection, you know, of a tsinor, of a, a like a hose, a, a pipe of spirituality, of good energy flowing. And when it gets backed up with dross, with dirt, then it's like our connection is severed. In the language of the Tanya, for example, uh, or the rope that connects between us and God gets cut, and that's what karet is. He gets cut off. It's a spiritual cutting off. And that's certainly what's happening. But, you know, at the same time, Moshe, it's like, it's not like we're really cut off because it does seem like the big project is moving forward. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, really, about Israel's 60th anniversary. Um, do you, you know, and, and I've saw a lot of articles saying a lot of negative things about Israel, and yet I saw a lot of articles saying a lot of positive things, explaining to us why we're here again, you know, why we're here after 60 years, how important it's to be here, how much praise we should heap on our state, in a sense. And now, I wanted to ask you, do you really think that we're so cut off, or do you think that we're heading in the direction of, uh, of Jewish leadership, or are we heading in the direction of getting kicked out of this land again? Oh, no, that's a bit. I don't think that, uh, that the Kodesh that Hashem brought us to this land, uh, for the third time, uh, as a bad joke. Uh, I, I, I believe uh, that we're going to stay here. The question is, what, what, and what, what is really in our hands, is what is going to be the price? What is going to be the price? People, people today understand, it, it, it is amazing, you'll be surprised that, you know, the, 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 uh, when you called before, before I got on, on, on that show, uh, the line was busy because a Haredi uh, member of Manigut Yudit called, called me from, from Jerusalem, <laughs> want to re- register more and more Haredim to Manigut Yudit on one hand. On the other hand, people that are totally not Shomer Torah Mitzvot joining Manigut as well. And, 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 and why? What connects between these two so different people, Haredi on one hand and, and secular on the other hand? What connects them is is the simple understanding that it doesn't matter how exact what is exactly your ideology. If the captain of the boat will not be a a a Yehudi Reshamay, if if we're not going to have a Jewish state and and Jewish leadership, we're probably logically not going to have a state at all. So it doesn't matter if you believe in Rashid Mechad Gulatenu or not believe in Rashid Mechad Gulatenu. This is where you live. 
and and you and, and you and you want the, the, the house to remain, and that's why very very simple reason. The only way, logically, that Israel will exist is if we'll have money good Yehudim. Period. So we will have money good Yehudim. The question is how long it's going to take, and that depends on each one and one of us. No one can, can complain to nobody anymore. We created a tool to get to the leadership of, of, of Israel. We already got 20, a quarter of the vote in the last primaries of the leading, power, leading party uh, uh, of the national camp, the Likud. So we are on our way, and whoever is, is that, that still stand aside, don't join Manhigut, don't contribute to Manhigut, uh, uh, simply can only complain to itself why it takes so long. Well, Moshe, I hope that you have success today in uh, leading the Jewish people to what we call Veshavu Banim Gvulam, the return of our brothers to their uh, proper boundaries. And our uh, brother, Moshe, uh, our brother uh, Jonathan Pollard, is behind bars for so long, so unjustly. And I really hope that this one will break through. And, I, and I'm proud of you and of and of people that were still out there rallying for this cause, and that we're not forgetting, and that we're not staying quiet. I think that that's the essence of politics. That's the essence of being Jewish. We will not, you know, go down quietly. We'll not say, okay, well. If he's going to rot in prison, then there you go. I'm very, I'm very happy that this is happening today, and I uh, want to give you Yashar Koach. Thank you, and I hope to see there all our, all, all our listeners can come. Please do. Moshe Feiglin, Money Good Mondays. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on today's program. And if you want to see more of Moshe's excellent articles, please check out JewishIsrael.org. And today is the rally for Jonathan Pollard, and I'm really calling on everybody to show up there. It's a big deal, and I hope that this time Bush will hear. You are listening to Yeshine Friends on Israel National Radio. I want to wish you a good day today, and I'm calling Jonathan Pollard. Come home. Thanks for being with me. See you tomorrow. Israel National Radio broadcasting from Beitel. Shalom.